Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, another great week at the WM Phoenix Open. Scotty Scheffler gets it done in a playoff over Patrick Cantley for his first PGA Tour victory. Our takeaways from that event, and then we look forward to one of the best courses on tour all season long, Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitational, hosted by Tiger Woods. We'll also take you around the tours. Some Michigan guys had great weeks in Bogota on the Corn Ferry Tour, so we'll cover that as well. Thanks for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Ticket Northern Michigan. Again, we are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Let's go. Well, that would certainly be a pretty big blunder if I forgot to post the episode, but I swear I did. Because there was an issue where I, just, I wasn't, my computer was being a, I'm not quite sure what to say. I, I'm still looking at it. Well, you can post them both today. All right. One second. This is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. He's Hunter. I'm Peter. We are live discovering that Hunter never posted our episode from last week. So if you sense some tension in today's recording... You're not imagining it. Are we, we're actually going. Do you <laughs> have anything to say for yourself? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Not right now. I, I um, I'm not sure what to say. Well, let's just move on to <laughs> golf and see what. I take uh, I take full responsibility. I'm still not convinced I didn't get posted. Doesn't say, that does that's not the same as taking full responsibility. What? Saying I'm not convinced that it didn't happen is not taking full responsibility. <laughs> well, I, I'm just That's I, I am uh, I'm, I'm I need to figure out once I get my ducks in the row. You started this episode very quickly. Um, once I get my ducks in the row and I can see what happened. It's three o'clock on a Tuesday, man. You got to be ready by now, <laughs> <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. prefer Wednesday episodes. <laughs> Gives me more time to get be wrong. Losing picks. So let me catch you up on everything you missed in last week's episode because it ne- it doesn't exist so far as anyone besides Hunter and I are concerned. The many hours of labor that I put into that. I think for uh, which I will never be. I think something to keep in mind is that we have done forty four of these, so only missing one out of forty four. Forty nine. Forty exactly. So really, like we're. Even even more. This so. was supposed to be episode fifty. Well, it still can be. Um, hold on. Before we even get since I, you missed last week's episode, allow me to catch you up on the fact that I had a Xander Shoffley ticket. So that's right. And the it's other right here. guy it's in the system. I hate this damn system. It's right here. It's like that in, we talked about. The, which, if you're really a sick person, you can go back and listen to last week's episode of this podcast, all twelve of you, and hear all about my Xander twenty-two to one, which I was never particularly confident in. I also won in Dundam, and the other guy that I wanted to bet that we talked about ad nauseum last week. And who I couldn't pull the trigger on because he was three or five points higher than Xander and not a good enough value was none other than eventual winner, 
Scotty Scheffler. So congratulations to all the Scheffler backers out there, to the 11% of people in the one-and-done contest I'm in that played him last week. Brutal. Yeah, that's Hunter listening to last week's podcast. No, it's a, that's that actually uh, that's actually a few weeks ago. Um, I do feel vindicated. This this was posted. You have some kind of explanation for yourself. Uh, yeah. Let me let me talk to these people at one. Or right, this, this software we're working with. I'll get to the bottom of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because well, even on the software, that never fails. Well, that's that's the beauty of living in this day and age. Blame it on the machines. No, it's I mean, it's, it's certainly not on. It's not on where it should be. But it was, well, let's that's let's ta- let's 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 go around the tours so that we can recap. Unless you want to get right into the WM Open. I can recap. I can do that. So this will actually since we since a, mysteriously this episode last week was not posted this works out somewhat well for the for around the tours since the LPGA tour was um off does not work out well off last week nothing about so it nothing working. has happened since uh Miss McGuire won in uh Fort Myers Leona and they are not playing again until March 3rd through 6th in Singapore at the uh, HSBC Women's World Championship. So we will keep you updated on the ladies. Uh, as far as the Corn Ferry Tour goes, they were just at uh, Bogota, the Country Club of Bogota in Colombia at uh, the uh, Astara Golf Championship. Bogota. Bogota, sorry. Bogota, Colombia. That is a, one of the world's probably largest 15 cities, so. Okay. Well, anyways. Bogota. Bogota. We'll let it go. Boga. Bogota. Bogota. What did I say? I'm not even sure, but it, it was. You know I can hear that, right? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, you should care. I will. You're, this could be a long episode. I got a bad feel about this one. All right. I do too, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Brandon Matthews wins uh, Bogota at the Country Club Bogota. At Day ni- Bogota. Day Bogota at 19 under par. Uh, our hometown guy, Joey, finished solo fourth after being first going into Sunday. He is currently 10th in the Corn Ferry standings. So, so far, so good for uh, for Mr. Joseph. And Ryan Brem had a good week. Did he? What did he uh, What did he finish up? He finished... He had an up and down Sunday. I think he was 11 under going into Sunday. He had quite a colorful... A lot of shapes on the scorecard. Where's the final leaderboard? Give it to me. That ain't it. The Corn Ferry Tour is stacked this year, by the way. Is that is that yoga computer going to be able to figure this thing out? You know I mean, it's always stacked, but like it's super stacked. I will just I will just pull it up since our uh, my cohort is is struggling to get to the, get to the bottom of Here this. Here we go. Ryan Brem shot a final round seventy. To finish in a tie for ninth, birdie the last two, 17 and 18. 
he went open par double eagle birdie. Birdied seven, birdied 10, bogeyed 11, bogeyed 12, bogeyed 14, bogeyed 15, birdied 17, birdied 18, four, a one under 70, and a tie for ninth finish. That moves him from 40th to 19 on the 25 list. So that is fun. Awesome for Ryan. Hopefully both Ryan and Joey can keep playing well. Yeah, and as they uh, as they come back to uh, the United States, they are playing in uh, Lakewood Ranch, Florida, this week at the Suncoast Classic. Which uh, have you ever played? Lake, I don't even know where Lakewood is. To be honest, the Lakewood National Golf Club. I have not played there, but I'm f- kind of familiar with it because I know I I am friends with somebody who has a place there. But yeah, I think it's a pretty it's supposed to be a pretty nice place, right? Do you know very much about it? I know uh, just about nothing. I, it looks like they are playing at, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think there's the, multiple courses on the property. Yes, looks like they're playing the Commander course. Is that a? Yes, they're playing the Commander course at Lakewood National Golf Club. Defending champion is Hayden Buckley. So we will uh, do a little recap on that next Tuesday. Hayden Buckley's still playing well now. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the uh, to the old guys, uh, the Chubb Classic at Tiburon Golf Club in Naples. Steve Stricker is the defending champion. They have been off now since that uh, that short little vacation to Hawaii. That is the 18th through the 20th. And then uh, finally, the Latin America Tour is back on starting this week at the uh, Estrella del del Mar Open in Mexico. Uh, Alexander Roca is the defending champion, and both Alex Scott from uh, Traverse City and then Ben Cook from Downstate are both in the field. Nice. So we will update you on those scores when they come in. And that is all I really got for a little around the tour. I think by next week we might have some college golf to talk about, potentially. Nice. That would be fun. Takeaways from the WM Phoenix Open. Course obviously delivered. It was firmer and faster than I can remember in the past few years. The scoring and the golf course play actually played pretty tough. Um, particularly on Sunday, there were not that many low rounds in a tournament when you often see guys shoot really low numbers to come from behind and make a lot of birdies at the end of the round. Uh, that just felt like it was... A, you know, less so the case uh, this time around, basically, you know, kind of with the exception of Scheffler. I mean, obviously went nuts on Sunday and then played, uh, or on Saturday and then played well enough on Sunday, but uh, it was a brutal sweat for me because I missed, I had great outright action on both tours on Sunday and didn't hit, and Shoffley left that putt on. 17 for Eagle in the just in the jaws and then hit it in close on 18 and just made a wave at it. But uh, obviously happy to see Scotty break through, but uh, more just from a more of a macro perspective, what a great event again. Yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's I think everyone always talks about it being a very fun event. 
uh, which I think it always is, but I think it's finally like the if a top player is going to show up, I think the golf course is can play hard enough where it's a test, and obviously the the atmosphere is uh, does not get matched any other week on the PGA Tour throughout the entire season. Um, and I think it, I think it's it works out really well with just the, with the lack of sports going on around it that and it finishes up right before like i we i had buddies that that could care less about golf that were something to do prior to the super bowl and it worked out where i guess actually there was probably two, two one or two of the holes were during the super bowl but during the playoff but i love it i i think it is i think the i love desert golf i think i mentioned that last week if you guys would have heard it that i do love desert golf uh especially just this time of year when it's when it's so crappy up here to be able to see that contrast and that really really green grass um and then 16 i feel like we have to talk about 16 um two holes in one 30 some shots apart or something yeah. crazy like that with sam Ryder and carlos ortiz yeah and and uh <clears throat> what were your what are your thoughts on the the beer can the beer cans being thrown, you okay with that? You know, I I don't know. I think probably we crossed the line a couple times over the course of the week. That would be an example, but I think we got to walk the line for the tournament to work. And so I'm okay with some missteps here and there as long as we get that cleaned up for the next edition. You should not be throwing beer and cans and bottle it should not be throwing any because no sort of projectile should be coming from the grandstand section onto the golf course preferably you don't have to see that kind of thing stuff being thrown from the golf course back up into the stands which i know is common and you know i can see the image of fowler flinging puma flat brims up there into the stands or whatever but um if we don't throw beer onto the golf course in the future, I'll be okay with that for sure. But all in all, the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> you sound like such a narc. <laughs> okay, it's a, okay. why you like it. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I didn't like it when JT chipped in for birdie and they did beer cans. But for hole ones, you can throw as many cans. I, I don't really. If you're only gonna have one or two hole ones a week. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it, but I do think they they might have crossed the line when they're when they're throwing beer cans for a a chip and birdie. It does make me feel a little old watching it because I think <laughs> about the fact that like <laughs> my gosh, these guys like got there at 3 a.m. to wait in line for hours to then sprint through the gates to try to get a seat to then drink literally all day all day and into the early evening and yeah to your point about the timing i think it went a little bit longer than they wanted it to but that worked out great for my house because we didn't even turn on the super bowl until it was into the second quarter because <laughs> we just watched the golf. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like your household um what was I just gonna say? It's like the Super Bowl. What? Who cares? It was. It was funny that the Ortiz, the Ortiz hole in one happened. I think at like ten thirty a.m. local time. I want to say it was not. It was not past noon, <laughs> their time, because I think Sam Ryder's happened. Because it was. It was Carlos. He'd started on the back nine, so it was one of. It was his 
sixth hole. Seven, yeah, sixth hole. Seventh hole. Seventh hole. Well, and then he stuck it on 17 and made eagle there, too. Yeah, that was a pretty good little two-hole stretch there. Not bad. He's getting. We're getting into Ortiz's time of the year. We're going to talk about him a little bit later, too. But, yeah, I just feel like it delivered. I love the firm and fast conditions. It ended up being a couple strokes harder total score than it had been. I know that that... Uh, the the winning score at the WM Open ended up being higher than Joe Burrow's passing yards, which was a popular prop. So, what was it? The total score of the WM Open being higher than Joe Burrow's passing yards in the Super Bowl four round total, which yes. was what two sixty eight or uh, it was seventy one forty two ten two eighty. Par 72, minus 15, 288, just 273. Or is it par 71? It's a par 71, I'm sorry. Par 71, so subtract 4 from that. 269. Is that confirmed? Is that correct? I, I'm looking. You're doing math. I'm, I'm just going to look. Minus 15 was the winning score or minus 16? 16. Okay, so 268. 268 was the number. How many yards passing did Burrow have? I don't know. I don't know. Can you look it up? I can. Yeah, I thought you you came to me with this stat. Smoogle it. <laughs> you can't, you Just had do this it. stat and turns out you don't even know. Did you have a lot of props for the Super Bowl yourself? Uh, zero. Zero? Did you have any? How uh, do you feel about cashing out? Can we talk one more time now that it's in the rear view? Can we talk about you cashing out? Your Rams Super Bowl ticket? Yeah, that's that's four hundred dollars I'll never have. During the three game losing stretch when you could not possibly have gotten less value for that ticket. I lost like three dollars. So you that's cashed not, that that's out. That's not a big deal. And the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. Do I have that sequence correct? Yes. Yes you do. Um I don't I don't have much to say about it. It was a it was a lack in judgment. I've had many many cases of those. Uh, in my life, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're, if we expect anything to change in the future. I, I think we better start looking at other places. But I, um, we're gonna get off topic here. Uh, oh, really? We're gonna get off course? I can't imagine that those those refs swallowed their whistles the entire game. Unbelievable. Played played. It was a very unbelievable. I don't game. even know if it was a clean game, but there just weren't any whistles blowing. Just, and then all of a sudden, I we start getting whistles. I would have rather have them call the play before the the ghost holding that that was called against Cooper Cup. That was there was actually call. I think there was actually a holding. They didn't call that one. And I they, agree. And then they called the the next one where this this linebacker is playing the best defense of his entire life. I know. Just getting killed out there. I know. I and know. they called that one. That would have made it fourth down from like the nine yard line. I guess that guy was from from Wyoming, which is the University of Wyoming, and like the entire state of Wyoming was like pulling for the Bengals because, and then he gets that terrible holding call. He didn't. I, I bet you you could watch. I don't even know how many. So you were cheering hard for the Bengals just so you didn't have to live through the Rams cashing a ticket that you had cashed out. I had a I had Bengals, um, money line. I had no. I had a um, spread hundred dollars on the spread, and then I had fifty dollars on the money line. Woo! 
so I ended up baby big spender netting, uh, $50 so you gave back the vig hmm? oh no your bigger wager was on the you yes. hit with the bigger wager yes correct correct congratulations on that so uh you you're still looking for those I was just licking my golf wounds all night I didn't even bother to wager anything I'm glad I didn't because if I, I I didn't have a strong take on it, but if I would have wagered, I probably would have wagered on the Rams. It's just four, four, four and a half felt like four and a half definitely felt like too much, but even four was that ended up being minus the missed extra point. Next Not year, pretty, missed, but pretty cool opportunity uh, with the Super Bowl being in Arizona. It sounds like they're going to do some kind of uh, some packages with the waste management. Some waste management slash Super Bowl packages. Well, should look at giving a couple of those to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast to get some promotion out there for that. Oh, yeah. Spread the word far and wide. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the word. We got be, the Midwest market cornered. The word would be spread. Uh, Burrow had 263 yards. Bingo. There is the prep, which, of course, probably nobody had that side of it, but there you go. Um, And it's not inconceivable, anyway, that that winning score could have gotten a minus 21, so. No, not at all. You just never know. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. Any more takeaways from the WM Phoenix Open? Yes, I have more takeaways. Charlie Hoffman being a complete... Yeah, that and then Higgs and Books while we're on 16. Um, I hope this is kind of a coming out party for, for Joe Damon. People realize how, how awesome he is. Really nice, just funny guy. And wow, I, big time man crush season here. It is. I, I think. I think that he is. He is so underrated from a like you. Would That's never, the guy you should be betting at Riff. He has great history at Riff. Instead, you're going to be dinking around with Francesco Molinari just because he's a member. I cannot wait until that bet hits, and I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be texting you all damn day, dude. I'll just give um, you ten dollars if Francesco Molinari top twenties. I'm gonna bet too, so it'll be free money. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, anyways, that the you would never see a guy like Damon in one of these like shootout featured groups, feature feature groups, or like the match matches things. But this is this is a guy that would really make those things tick. I think actual personality apart from the talent. Yes, and he could. Like, it would it wouldn't feel like the the trash talking that they're they're doing on the course is as forced as what it has been. For the last seven renditions of this this match, yeah, I heard about the shirt taking off situation, but I did not. You didn't see it? No, I did he, not he uh, spectate Hig- that. Higgs made a par. They both made par on the hole, and as Higgs putt hit the bottom of the cup, he lifted his shirt up and like flashed everybody, and then. Um, not sure why. Why is it the shirt? Why is the shirt taking off? Why is that? It was a, a Twitter thing. Why is, is that he- a thing though? I don't. I don't know because he. Well, because I mean, he's like a heavier guy. It must be. I don't know. But then he uh, beer beer started to be throwing, and then uh, Joel went to the middle of the green and took his shirt off and started swung like, around over. Started like cowboy lassoing it around his, <laughs> around <laughs> above his head. I know. I know. Old, well, he might be able to make us some money this week. I know old old golf guys like you don't respect that part of the game and, and want it out of the game, but I think it's pretty fun. Personally, <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> All right, and then Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, I think Charlie Hoffman. 
if if Charlie so Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman just is is that it for is he just call it a career now? Hang up the green glove and slink away into the shadows. Like Charlie Hoffman could be, is the more and more replaceable people on the entire PGA tour. I could, he could be replaced by never gotten higher anybody. than like I saw a tweet. I should have saved it, but it wouldn't have mattered because I spiked my phone on Sunday and broke it anyway. But so never been higher than like 32nd in the official world golf ranking, like over $40 million in career earnings on the PGA tour sponsorships aside. And he wants to bitch and moan that he had to take, like, did you see for those that may have missed it? And I don't know. I was come out from under the rock that, you know, that you've been hiding under, but he took to Instagram to bitch about having to take a drop in a place where he had to take a drop after hitting it in the water, his ball then rolled back into the water again, which we've actually seen at that same tournament, I think what happened to Ricky Fowler. The major difference being Ricky Fowler went on to win that tournament that week, and Charlie Hoffman went on to shoot plus eight in the following round, probably because he was being eaten alive by the crowd at WM Open for his take on Instagram, which was the one of the more tone-deaf, ridiculous things that you will ever see on social media, even with all the ridiculous trash on social media. He made the connection between his drop and PGA Tour players wanting to go play in Saudi Arabia, and it was so outrageous and farcical that... You couldn't even be mad at it. You just had to laugh and think, this guy has just made such a joke out of himself. Yeah, I, I so I guess I take that as there'd be a different set of rules over in Saudi. They would just it would be a free for all, no drop or drops wherever you'd like and however you'd like. And if if it my favorite happens, part was just... Bryson and Phil coming to his defense while he was getting ripped by like reasonable tour players. Yeah. I was I was surprised to see anybody the fact that you can like Bryson, please please leave. Please just go play in Saudi and and disappear. Take Charlie with you. Like good riddance, dude. We do not care. No, and I, I think it sure seems like that is becoming that is becoming closer and closer to the norm across there are there is a divide, but it seems like a a hefty majority of the top top players on the tour are starting to want nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. I think it was just Colin uh, Morikawa just this week uh, while at the Genesis has made some comments that that he has no plans to go back. No, no, I don't. Think he so. said that. He said, um, I believe it was. Well, if he said that, good for him. And I think that the part of it is they're taking the temperature of golf fans and realizing, wow, this is not polling well. You know, probably we should cease and desist on this whole Saudi Arabia money grab thing. And I think that's what that was. That was kind of the what I I took from what Colin was saying that the Saudis were promising all this money and all of all of this uh, all of these players coming but there has been no mention of the money there's been no mention of a player field put together anything like that yet so 
<clears throat> he's just getting he's becoming very weary of false promises that are involved with uh with this whole shindig from the saudis no yeah uh yeah that's that was uh i too was surprised watch your back yeah well so, i don't know will this ever be published I don't know. Maybe. If you're lucky. <laughs> the thing, it was on, it was in the dashboard. Still going in on it. No, I'm just, Still I'm, going I'm in trying. On it. <laughs> Ooh, that might be a why. That might be why. Uh All right, well, let's move on to Riviera, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Is this the best golf course on the PGA Tour regular schedule outside of Augusta National, which I guess technically doesn't count anyway because it's not a PGA Tour event? Uh, I can't think of anyone's, anyone that I, I like more. I think this I think it's the, it's the perfect storm of a really, really good golf course. Uh, every top 10 player in the world playing this week and then the fact that football just ended so this is like this is golf's i feel like this is always golf's coming out party for the year. yeah you've got like a few different kind of start dates for the tour schedule mm-hmm. one is the actual tour start date um back in the fall when we turned over and it's a new calendar season and everybody's starting at zero points and for real golf nerds that feels like the start of the season then for people who are Still serious golf fans, but may, may not care about the Sanderson Farms. There's Torrey Pines, Farmers Insurance Open. That kind of gets things started. And then here is the real grand finale of the opening swing part of the season and the California portion of the schedule at Riviera Country Club. If it's just tough to have an excuse of why not to watch golf now. Right. You, you had it before with with football on Sunday, but now it's like it's and now it's we're back cold. to the full network TV schedule and everything is just back to like really golf being more at the center. Yes. And then we'll get more of the golf on NBC here as the weeks go on too, because CBS will take on more of that college basketball coverage that they're doing on Saturdays and Sundays. So, um, like Hunter said. All of the top 10 in the official world golf rankings are here this week. This is an invitational hosted by Tiger Woods, 120 player field. Invitation only. Ricky Fowler, which is how you get Ricky Fowler in the field, and $6,600 on DraftKings. Um, so you have major soft type pricing on the odds board. You have guys who are normally much, much lower. Um, being priced higher, you know, like for example, Corey Connors is a hundred to one this week. He was probably twenty to one as recently as the, you know, maybe the RSM Classic or something like that. If he was in that field, I think he was. Um, so, and then you've got a lot of guys twenty five and under. So, um, because you have so much of the of the top of the board here, um, the golf course. Hunter, what do you know about Riviera? Uh, I know it's par seventy-one. 
like 72-ish, 100 yards roughly, 7300 yards, very tight fairways. Um, they have to be tight because the rough's not very long. I think the rough's only an inch and a half, inch and a half thick, something like that. It's only two cuts of grass. Um, it is, the greens are POA, and then it is Kikuya uh, Kikuya, Kikuya everywhere else but the greens. Mm-hmm. So that's the same stuff as what we have at Tory, where it's the shorter rough, but the very inconsistent lies and still very difficult to play out of. Mm-hmm. So um, adding on to that, it is it is a little bit longer than you gave it credit for, a little over 7,300 yards. I think it plays pretty long, maybe even a little longer than that in the sense that it definitely – shorter players have won here, but like bomb, being able to bomb it and hit it straight is, such a, is a massive advantage here. Um, some of the lowest percentages on, on the tour all year round from the field in terms of fairways and greens in regulation. So – the golf course is just plain hard. The fairways are narrow. They're difficult to hit. And <clears throat> the greens are also difficult to hit, which means uh, everybody will be missing fairways. Everybody will be missing greens. Everybody will have to scramble. Your ability to recover, to avoid bogeys is huge here. You also have, just like at Torrey Pines, a large percentage of putts missed inside five feet and a large percentage of Reputs. So, where Torrey Pines, we talked about sometimes that golf course can help a weaker putter. So, Will Zalatoris get into a playoff there? Even had a putt to win on the 18th hole. You know, some of that could be said fairly said about Riviera too, where because there's a lot of three putts, because there's a lot of short putts that are missed, that may benefit guys who are not great putters actually having a good chance to win here this week. So from a gambling side, those are a couple things I think to uh to keep in mind. Uh, just furthermore to your <clears throat> to your point about difficult to, to hit fairways, uh Riviera ranked inside the five toughest in percentage of fairways hit with only forty seven percent greens and regulation with only 54% proximity to the hole with only 43 feet and conversion of, you mentioned five feet, conversion of percentage inside of 10 feet, only 86%. This was all last year during the 2020, uh, during the super season. So since I guess 2020. So what that, I think what that means to me as a better is like in terms of what I'm looking for, I will look at history because this is an invitational. A lot of these guys have played here before. History does seem to repeat itself uh, in that sense. But in, then in terms of, like, if you've played well here before, that is the greatest indicator to me that you can handle the conditions and the unique challenge that this course presents. But also from a skill set standpoint, you're either going to have to be elite with your ball striking and better those percentages you just mentioned for fairways and greens substantially and gain strokes on the field tee to green and kind of ball strike your way to two under par three under par rounds or you're going to have to scramble and putt your face off so i think 
you know, guys who are really elite ball strikers in good form are certainly worth looking at. And then guys who are phenomenal scramblers and who can sort of play well in a golf tournament where the winning score might be only 10 or 12 or 14 under par, where they don't need to make quite as many birdies, but they're great around the greens. They can save a lot of pars. And so they can skin the cat that way, if you will. So before we go to the odds board, I think it's interesting. Hunter and I were chatting about this earlier because we're talking a little course history. If you look just at the last 12 rounds on Riviera from Fantasy National, these are the top performers, strokes gain total in the last 12 rounds just on this golf course. Number one, Adam Scott, winner here I think two or three years ago. Homa, winner here last year. Rom, who has great history here. James Hahn, who nearly won here before uh, falling back a little bit on Sunday. I think that was last year. Uh, he's actually first gaining strokes tee to green. So he might be a good. He's $6,500 on DraftKings. He's a member here. Taylor Gooch plays great here. I think three top 20s and three starts here. He's fifth on this list. DJ has an amazing history here. He's sixth Finau who lost to Homa in the playoff, is tied with DJ on this list. Then Rory McIlroy. I have heard Quail Hollow as a reasonable comp to Riviera. Obviously, Rory is a huge horse for course at Quail Hollow. He's eighth on this list. Cantlay is ninth. No surprise. Has a great history at form. Wyndham Clark, albeit with only eight rounds, pops up here at 10th. And then the next 10 guys quickly, Xander, Leishman, Pat Rogers, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Matt Kuchar, who plays great here. Sam Burns, who was the 54-hole leader here last year. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Cameron Smith, who was, I think, fifth here last year. And Carlos Ortiz, a guy who I promised we would mention again uh, when we, he was brought up earlier for his hole-in-one last week at the WM Open. Rounds out the top 20 on this list. Bubba who you may have felt was missing from that list is actually 21st. So those are the guys that just from a course history standpoint, last 12 rounds, so up to the last three tournaments, three editions of this uh, tournament, who has played well, gaining strokes total on this golf course. There's kind of your, your course history list, if you will. Hmm... Anything stand out as surprising there? Uh, I think more so just James Hahn's name uh, jumped off the page a little bit at me. I didn't know he still played golf. <laughs> you don't remember him being in contention here? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I can't say I do. Uh, I guess he was, he was 15th last year. He shot. He was never really in contention, though, maybe. I mean, he shot 71-69 on the weekend. That was two years ago then. That he was probably in the he was in one of the final groups, I think. So yeah, so um as long as he's not playing if he if he has switched um club companies and he's no longer playing PXG, then I give him a fighting chance this week. Um What about Luke List? What about him? He won Tory Pines using BXG. No, we we already discussed this. He he used he had Swish. one he had one um just the irons. Well, the irons is not one club. 
It's a lot of clubs. I didn't say you. Well, you cut me off before I could say one club, thankfully. So I, I didn't. Good at that, yeah. So I didn't actually say that. The odds board. Well, FanDuel is a little different from what I've been looking at before I came up to Michigan this morning. John Rahm, nine and a half to one. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. It looks like they're kind of potentially becoming okay with the idea of you betting on John Rahm if you want to get in on that. Patrick Cantlay, 12 to one. Justin Thomas, 14 to one. Justin Thomas, I think, has two top tens and two missed cuts. At this event, he was had a substantial lead the year that J.B. Holmes won. I want to say that was three years ago, Hunter. Uh, in 2019, he squandered a four-shot lead on the final day, finished solo second. Since then, he's missed both cuts in 2020 and 2021. He is very interesting to me at 14-1. to one. He's obviously played well on this golf course before. He loves, he worships Tiger Woods. I'm sure he would love to get that trophy from Tiger on Sunday, and he's seeking redemption on this golf course. Maybe to the point that the last couple of years he tried a little too hard, mm-hmm. and he's still, despite those two cuts, you heard him on that list that I just read the last twelve rounds. He's still in that top twenty on this golf course. So I think I think the makings, I think it's there for him. He just like last week again, he lost three strokes putting, and he missed the playoff. By three strokes, I think, didn't he? So he puts to uh, yeah. a zero last week. He's in the playoff. Same with Xander, I think. So he's 14-1 to and interesting. DJ, who actually played better in his season debut at Torrey than we probably, a lot of us thought, and has great history here, is 15. Morikawa looks like he may have been bet down because he opened in the 20s. He's now 17. Rory, who was on that list... That list of history is 20. Decky, 21. Xander, 22. Cam Smith, 22. Hovland, 24. Scheffler, 27. Zalatoris, is he getting bet down? He's 29 on FanDuel. Kepka's 31. Burns, 31. Sungjae, I've heard, is high as 40, but he's 33 here along with Fitzpatrick. Finau, riding the history, certainly over the form. 41. Scott, 41. Bubba, 41. Homa, 41. Spieth and Neiman, 46. That's a really short number for Neiman. I've heard numbers up in the 70s for him. And then let's cut it off at the 50s with Gooch and Leishman for now. Is there anybody below 52-1 that you know you definitely want to back this week? Uh, Not for outrights, no. No, I don't. uh, I suspect... This will be a cream of the crop player. I really, I really like JT. You might have just convinced me to bet JT. I think, uh, <clears throat> and I think the number one reason of why I want to bet JT is solely because you mentioned it, Tiger Woods. He why wants that trophy from Tiger Woods. So the Tiger Woods. I think there's a real thing. No, hundred percent. I I completely agree. <clears throat> and I think uh, that coupled with the uh, the fact that. There are a lot of three putts on this on this course, and you don't have to be as good of a putter. That maybe, maybe. And he looks like I'll just, take you one step further with those numbers I just gave you. This is the last twelve rounds. On Riviera, Justin Thomas was fourteenth on that list. He's 29th in putting. So there's something about Rivs twenty ninth in putting out of one twenty for Justin Thomas. That's the top third. That's good. 
That's the top quarter. That's good for him. So there's something about these greens that he seems to like. No surprise, he's fourth in approach, and he's 84th off the tee. Those are his weaknesses. But he's actually better here on the greens than maybe his average performance on the greens tour-wide. So, like, he connect, and everybody misses fairways here. And he played fine at Torrey, where I thought he wouldn't play well at all before playing well last week, where we did think that he would he would play well because it's such an approach golf course. But you could say that about Riviera. Like, if he's lights out with his irons this week and he putts to a zero, he's going to be in contention on Sunday afternoon. Yes. It's almost a guarantee. Yes. Um, my interest fifty to one and shorter. Like I like the history for and the form for both Scott and Bubba. I don't see myself betting those outright, but I do think I'll probably get back those guys in some fashion in the finishing position markets. I imagine you can get some relatively decent numbers on those guys. What stands out to me on this board as much as anything is Cam Smith's number. And it's interesting to me because I feel it relates to our conversation last week. In the sense that the books were begging us not to bet Scheffler. Like, you read through the 30-1 to and under guys, and it was like, well, Scheffler's the one who's priced kind of short here compared to where he might normally be. Mm -hmm. Like, they're kind of saying, feels like the books are saying to us, please don't bet this guy because this is stars are kind of aligning here, and we're pretty worried about taking a loss on him. That guy this week is Cam Smith. I mean, he is priced shorter than Victor Hovland, who has won, granted, missed the cut last week, but before that had won Two of his last three, four, five starts worldwide. I don't even know what it was. Three of last five, I believe, is what it is. Ridiculous. And we talked about the Adam Scott winning here and that. Like, Scott, Hovland, Zalatoris, the team no putt, kind of phenomenal ball strikers, good long iron players kind of way of approaching Riviera. And then there's Cam Smith, who is playing the best golf of his career. He is a scrambling maestro outside of Patrick Reed and maybe a couple other guys. He's among the best scramblers on tour at a course where you need it. He was in contention here last year. And the books are pricing him at the same number as Xander Shoffley, ahead of Victor Hovland, ahead of Scotty Scheffler, who just won last week, ahead of Will Zalatoris, who was just in a playoff. I know that he won. Uh, Cam beat Rom in that hit and giggle. But don't you think 22 to doesn't that stand out as not passing the smell test? It like, does. Should we be in on Cam Smith at 22 to 1 this week? I will not be. But I think you make. You sound like a conspiracy theorist right now. I think you're onto something. I think I mean it definitely stands out like a sore thumb as a as the number one Victor Hovland fanboy. Um, it makes no sense that he is priced uh, higher than than Cam Smith. Um, Kepka just played great last week. Obviously, Scheffler won last week. You would have to get 
I don't think I don't think Cam Smith belongs anywhere anywhere uh, below thirty to one. Yeah, and I think that they, that's probably what almost everybody else who's evaluating this from a financial standpoint is thinking to themselves. Which makes me think we if we are all on the same side, we must be wrong. Now, granted, we were all on the Scotty Scheffler side last week, and we were right. But I don't know. I have interest in Cam Smith. I I don't know what to make of that. Like, I might just one and done him this week because I feel pretty confident in his where his game is right now and this course fitting his game to where a one and done play might make sense. But I, I'm going to consider twenty two to one. Um. But I like so many of these guys that that's the tough part about this week is it may be more of a finishing position type of week. Might be more of a top 10, top 20, top 30 type of week and probably end up picking just one of these guys under 30 where really I have interest in Zalatoris at 20. I think this is an awesome course for Zalatoris. I have interest in Cam Smith at 22 and I have interest in Justin Thomas at 14 to 1, all while taking into consideration the fact that I love John Ron this week and I think he has a great chance to win. So, gonna have to be selective. But then above 50, just for giggles, Kokrak, Seamus Power, Sergio Garcia, 55, Paul Casey, number one strokes gained T to green on this golf course the last 12 rounds, um, or ball striking in any event. Horse for course here plays great. Sixty to one with Russell Henley, Luke List, fresh off the victory. Tory Pines sixty five with Siwoo Reed and Na, Thomas Peters, who's won a couple times worldwide in the past few months, is seventy to one. Abe Answer, who I think profiles great for this golf course, is eighty along with Tom Hoagie, Cameron Tringali, Corey Connors, Lanto Griffin, Norin ninety to one along with Maverick McNeely, Mackenzie Hughes, Bazudenhoit. Van Ruyen, and then let's close it out with the hundred to ones of Adam Hadwin, Sahith Thigala, and Harold Varner. I'm probably gonna hit the Harold Varner just for fun. <clears throat> Can't not bet Harold Varner at Riff, the infamous top Sunday afternoon off the tenth tee. Um your buddy Joel Damon's hanging out there at one thirty to one. And then guys who haven't, the one guy that I I want to just mention his name one more time, Carlos Ortiz is 150 to one. I'll be in on Carlos Ortiz at 150 to one. He has great history here, almost as good as Taylor Gooch's history. 150 to one is too high a number. I don't think he's going to hit, but that's a guy that I'll definitely be backing for finishing positions that I will seriously be considering. Uh, Joel Damon at 130 to one. For finishing positions as well as some as well as some of the more premium players towards the top, like the ones I mentioned, Scott, Bubba, those kinds of guys. I don't think I mentioned it, but I don't know if that was, this was all pre-show. I'm, I'm going to bet uh, Francesco Molinari, and I'm, I'm going to bet him, and I'm going to ride him because I am. And then you're going to pay me ten dollars when he finishes top twenty. Have fun on top of Fran's a member. Hunter's in love with the member narrative. So he's all over Molinari, uh, and, and he won't and the bet. Fact he was, won't bet James Hahn. The fact that he was also top, he finished top eight last year. That helps. That helps. Have fun, man. Have fun. I will. Have fun with your buddy Fran. Yeah, Francesco. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple, a couple bad years doesn't define a man. He's played well the last few weeks. Hasn't missed a cut 
this calendar year. No, he's good in this little California swing. I'll give it to you. He's a member here. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I'm not I'm not with you. Uh, Doc Redmond won the U.S. Amateur on this golf course in 2017. He's 320 to 1. Hmm. Probably bears mentioning. I don't see him as being a major factor this week, but if you're looking for a really low like value play on DraftKings, I'm not sure that's a bad way to go. I think he's pretty good with his driver, too. You can go a long way here with a driver and a wedge. You know, like Bombers, Homa has was so good with his driver. I don't know if you remember when he hit it in, stuck it close, and then ended up missing that short putt for it, which forced the playoff with Finau. That was such a – he hit it like 350 straight up that hill on 18 and had like a wedge into that green where some guys are, you know, pulling it into the left rough and having trouble getting it all the way up to the green on 18 because that's such a long uphill shot, so – uh, guys who are really, really good with their drivers, I think, have a, a, a pretty significant advantage this week, even though this is a great golf course and an all-around test. J.B. Holmes won here. It's true. I believe this isn't this. Is this not where like the whole the whole J.B. Holmes saga began of him playing playing just so dramatically slow? Was it here or at Tory? Because these are like his. Yeah, he this Torrey. these courses are like his jam. Yeah, no, I. This and was, he was always in the mix at Tory. He, he's like he likes to get into the mix at Riv. I can't remember now, but it was, I can remember him being in the last group, and people were just ripping him apart. For, uh, speaking of other like miscellaneous random things that are may or may not be relevant here, left-handers. Baba has won here three times. Phil Mickelson has won here two times. Mike Weir. Has won here two times. All hit from the wrong side. Very interesting thing to take note of. I think in the case of Phil and Bubba, they have a lot in common in the sense that they can hit it really long off the tee. They're high ball hitters, and they can they're good at shaping shots. Obviously, Phil is legendary for that kind of thing, and so is Bubba. Mike Weir, though. Is is really an odd thing. He's kind of a shorter hitter too, too. But you know, among the left-handers in this field, I think, I mean, we've got Bobby Mack in the field, who started to play a little bit better overseas. But like, if you really like the left-handed thing, then you could bet Bobby Mack maybe to top twenty or top ten. I don't think he's a serious threat to win outright here, especially since I think this will be the first time. He's ever played here, if I'm not mistaken. And then the only other guy who might be... Am I missing any other left-handers? Because I just want to say Garrick Higo. But I'm not even sure he goes in this field. Um, I I missed your first uh, Bubba, Phil, Weir. Uh, left-handers win here at a disproportionate. I, rate. I saw. I caught that part. So I missed your naming the the players that your left-hand players that you were. Uh, I can't think of any others. Well, yeah, you want to do a little quiz here? Great Lakes Golf Podcast quiz. Name every left-handed player actively on the PGA Tour, not named Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson. Higo. Uh, um, does McIntyre have status? Those are the only two I know. Are we missing any? Oh, Libiota. Is Libiota in the field? There you go. If you love the left-handers and Hank can putt, 
So, putter's always a weapon. I'm gonna. He's in the field. He's 501, folks. Get it while it's hot. Something. And any other left-handers we may have missed. I don't. I can't think of any that would be. Me either. Um, Is Hank Lebiota a play? As heard here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Pretty crazy the lack of uh, lefties. Lefties. That's why right. to have well, and I, now, Bubba now win three, feel, Phil win two, Weir win well, two, and and Harmon too. Oh, Harm. Is Harm in the field? My bad, Harm. My bad. Ted Potter Jr. as well. Ted Potter. I see you're schmoogling over there. Yes. Those are not off the top of your head. I should have gotten Harmon. Ted Potter, that one. Harms, that's brutal. That's brutal on our part. Could have slipped my mind. Uh, Greg Chalmers is retired. Okay, I think we've gone long enough. Cody Gribble, Texas boy. He doesn't have any status, does he? No, I don't think so. All right, good luck, folks. Yes, good luck to everybody. Go. Better uh, week to play DraftKings than outrights, unless you get a really strong take. Might be a week to just buy one ticket from the 25 and under range and hope that you got it right because Hunter's right. There'll probably be some surprises in the mix on Sunday, kind of like Diallo is in the mix. But by the time all 72 holes are played, I suspect it'll be a premium player hole placed in that trophy on Sunday. Yes, I completely agree. All right. Good luck, y'all. Go, Francesco.